Welcome to the Just Do It podcast, hosted by Anne Duffy. Dental Entrepreneur Women is here to dive deep and share stories with the mission to inspire, highlight, empower, and connect all women in dentistry. Hello, everyone. It's Anne Duffy, and here we are at the Just Do It podcast. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm so excited to introduce you to a good friend of mine. We're kind of new friends, which is really cool. We just discovered that. I feel like I've known her my whole life, but uh, we are new friends. And she has practiced for 10 years before leaving clinical dentistry to become a blogger, a speaker, and a certified professional coach. After her blog post, 10 Reasons Your Dentist Probably Hates You Too went viral, she began connecting with dental professionals around the world who wanted more from their careers. This inspired her to create Lullabies. Is it Lullabies or Lullabies? Lullabies. Lullabies. Career coaching to help dental professionals design their careers on their terms, on their terms, so they can live joyful, balanced lives. Please help me welcome my amazing guest today, Dr. Laura Brenner. Hey, Laura. Hey, Anne. Thanks so much for having me. I love all that you do for your community, and it's great to be a part of it. Well, thank you for being a part of it. You just graced us with your your expertise and um, knowledge and great um, personality uh, with our Do Learning crew back in, I think it was August, and uh, you and Carrie uh, Cheryllis Carter just did such a great job. So if you're listening to this and you can go back, I think we have that, um, online, the do learning crew from um, August 16th, it was. And, and from that point, Laura, I would, I really said, Oh, we have got to get you on a podcast because you speak the language and, and the thoughts that a lot of us have, but we don't say out loud. And um, you've lived it. I mean, you know, went to dental school, practiced all of those things. And then, you know, I guess you hit a, you hit a brick wall. I mean, what was it? And you, you hit burnout. How'd you, how did you overcome your burnout um, at such an early stage in your career, actually? So, you know, I have to laugh because you say my expertise, I have expertise in an experience that not many people would wish upon themselves. <laughs> How, how so? How so? Well, so the burnout, right? So three yeah. years into my career, I uh, became extremely burnt out and I didn't know what it was because it was in 2004 and no one was talking about burnout at the time. I just thought I hated dentistry. I thought I hated my career. And so as I was trying to navigate my way through that, uh, I thought my only option was to leave. So Honestly, for me, it's crazy to think that what cured my burnout was changing careers. Now, that was a long road. That was a seven-year seven year process after I first realized something was wrong. So I practiced for 10 years, and the last seven, I knew that things were bad. And um, it was tough. But I didn't realize what it was. It, it was not until... In 2020, I was doing a speaking event on burnout for the Rocky Mountain Dental Convention here in Denver. And I started researching it and I was like, oh my gosh, 16 years later, I was like, this is what that was because every single one of the signs and symptoms of burnout is what I felt. It was like, check everything off the list. 
I can't, well, first of all, I want to back up a second. You say, so you practiced three years and then the next seven years you experienced the burnout then. So you really were only enjoying it for the first three years. Or did you, did you, well, let me ask you this. Did you, did you like dental school? Did you enjoy I dental, school? dental school? I mean, I maybe loved is a strong word. I really liked dental school. Like dental school was great, it, but, but I like being a student. Right. And I think a lot of us like that. And that's how we end up here. So dental school was great. It was, you know, safe. It was scary, but I had, I was able to work under the umbrella of someone else. People could bail you out. You didn't have to deal. You got to see one or two patients a day. Sure. It took you four hours to work on one filling because you didn't have an assistant, right? It was just part of the process. And I think what the reason my burnout started in year three, which is crazy because a lot of people think, and I thought this like, oh, three years into my career is way too soon to be burnt out. I need to be in this career for longer to be burnt out, but it's, it's not the case. We can get burnt out immediately. And what kept, what made those first three years okay was because I had hope. Mm. I knew, and I think so many dental professionals experience this, I knew that dentistry was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be this process where I would have to go through a lot of pains in, in the real world to get good at it, to get comfortable, to, to figure out who I was and how to do it. And so even though it was hard, I had that hope that, okay, in three years, in five years, it's going to be better. It's going to be great. And, and, and so this pain that I'm going through right now will be, will have been worth it. And then when three years hit and things didn't get better, they actually felt worse because I had seen things. I knew what it felt like to have a patient get mad at you. I knew what it felt like to be afraid I was going to get sued. I knew what it was like to do a procedure perfectly and have it fail. So I suddenly became really afraid. And that was when I started to lose hope. And I think that was the key to creating that burnout is that, that hopelessness of, wait a minute, I don't think this is getting better. Wow. You know, just saying that out loud, it's like, you know, you, you, you do a procedure, it is perfection in your mind and it still fails. That's something that I don't even, they don't teach you that in dental school. I don't think, I mean, you know, it's, it is something that you have to come to grips with on your own as you embark on your career and you're really having to depend on yourself for, uh, the outcome. And it it really does rest on your shoulders. It's, it's interesting. And then you decided to start speaking then were you, were you practicing when you started speaking or what were you researching, researching burnout? Hence, you're a learner, right? You go back, oh, I want to learn more about this. But were you still practicing at the time you did that um, gig? No. So I had left practice in 2011 and I completely left dentistry. I got into weight loss coaching oh. and I call that my bridge career. It was the, the thing that helped me realize that I had more skills. I had more interests, stuff like that. And then it wasn't until... Um, about six years after I left dentistry that I came back in the whole time I'd been blogging about it because of that blog post. Uh, I started blogging about my journey into and out of dentistry and had this really tiny following of dental professionals who were just kind of 
frustrated with it and looking for solutions, looking for more. And so I officially stepped back in six years after that. So then 10 years, like nine years after I quit was when I got that speaking event. So the speaking stuff kind of, that's sort of new that's just come recently in the last couple of years. Wow. And look at you, you won Dentistry's Got Talent it, uh, in the Dental Festival in Nashville, which congratulations again. It was amazing. You did such a good job. You, out, you, you won every category and have the big belt which is not framed on your back in the background there. But um, if anybody sees it, she's, you know, you're such, you're so darling and little petite. And then this big, you know, boxing sort of belt, uh, you know, you practically had to like strap it on yourself, double it around, right? Uh, <laughs> but you certainly deserve that. And you did such a great job. I was in the audience and on the panel of judges really for that, uh, that event. So that was, that was really great. And you, you had, Everybody in the audience was like shaking, you know, nodding up and down as you were talking. I really remember that part. You really got into their their minds and they were think they could really relate to what you were saying. And I think it, it crossed it crossed a lot of different um, verticals in not just being a dentist, but just in life in general. So I can see where you feel like you're called for coaching and called for, um, you know, being there for other people that are burnt out no matter what they're doing. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a waste of of the talents that we've been given, isn't it? When you get to that point that you just can't seem to put one foot in front of the other, um, especially in dentistry. I think it's great that you came back in because you have the experience of what it's like to like know that this is a profession of perfectionism and it's people pleasing and it's, you know, actually, actually like a lack of boundaries, you know, that that all contribute to burnout. But how do you see that? Now, in this day and age, with the, the young dentists coming out of school, is it heightened, do you think, the, the whole thing of, of what it means to be a, a dentist? Absolutely. I think it's everything. And you mentioned earlier that in dental school, they don't teach us that sometimes you can do the perfect work and it can still fail um, or, or not get the right results that you want. And in fact, in dental school, they really drill into us the idea that we have to be perfect in all we do. And I think that creates this, this addiction to perfection. And it's, it's actually more destructive than what we think. We think it's going to protect us and protect our patients. We think it's going to help make everything great. But what it does instead is it creates totally unrealistic expectations on ourselves because who's perfect, right? Right. <laughs> that. Um, we know no one's perfect. And so we're shooting for this ideal that doesn't exist. And we're always failing if, if that's the case, right? Like, how do you ever win if you're shooting for this ideal that doesn't exist? So I have found that perfectionism, people pleasing, and lack of boundaries are exact. I think those are the cause of burnout. Those are the biggest causes because we want to be perfect because we're trying to make everyone happy. And in doing so, we're sacrificing ourselves because that moment of striving for perfection really is about self-sacrifice. We're not, we're not trusting ourselves. We're not trusting the process, right? We're practicing defensively. So we're always on edge. And then the lack of boundaries come in when we don't realize that we need to take care of ourselves as well. 
So it really turns into this, this big burden that we're carrying on our shoulders and it's not sustainable. Yeah. And, and you really can't take care of anybody else, especially in that kind of a capacity of uh, clinical dentistry without taking care of yourself. And, you know, we so often don't give permission to do that. And I think it's affecting, you know, so many young dentists and, you know, dentists that have been in it for a while um, in our profession, because it's just, it, it just, you know, it just is nothing it's not something that we thought was important. It's always about the patient and it is, but you still have to be able to put um, your oxygen mask on first. And as, as uh, Dr. Joy said, you know, if you put your mask on, if you need an oxygen mask then you're really not taking care of yourself, right? I mean, that's what, what, what comes first, right? Uh, you know, take care of yourself. And it, it's great that you're actually, you know, coaching your clients and coaching people to be able to do that, to take care of themselves and to recognize that it is burnout before it gets to the point where they have to quit the profession. I think that's what you do best. And you said something else on that learning crew that was so profound. Sometimes you can actually realize that it's okay to quit the profession. It just wasn't meant for you. Say a little bit more about that because that really that was an eye opener to me because I'm always, honestly, Laura, I'm always telling you, oh no, stay in the profession. You need to do that because you, you just went to all this education in, in college or whatever, in, in university. And then the experience that you've had, you're going to throw all that away and leave the profession, but say, say, say more about that. Well, I'm going to quote my friend, Laurel Gans, who is a dentist who, I don't know if you know her, but you should. So we'll yeah. talk about that. But <laughs> I, I, I want to know her. You do. Yeah. I, I so, want to know her. Yes, yeah. Oh, she's amazing. She's a dentist who um, got into a non-clinical career working for a dental brokerage firm. And, um, you know, she, she and her twin sister are both dentists and they both got out of clinical. They were having physical problems. They were having pain in their hands and in their wrists. And she her mother, or it was her mom or her grandmother who said, don't let, don't turn a four-year mistake into a 40-year mistake. And so we think that we need to get this ROI on this investment we've made in dentistry. But when you think of it that way, right, it's like, if it's not working out, well, and this is what my speech was about. It's like, it's a relationship. And if you married someone who you turn, turned out wasn't who you expected them to be, or the relationship wasn't the right fit, would you want to stay married for your whole life? And that's what we do in dentistry. And it's not about quitting. It's not about forcing yourself to stay in. It's really about choosing what's going to make you the most fulfilled, the most happy in your life. And like you were saying, like, I think I was meant to be a coach right? Like it's like, I think I'm good at it, but did I feel like I was good at dentistry? No, I was probably pretty good at it, but I never felt it. And so we should be doing something that we, that just feels congruent with who we are and that's okay. So I don't know. I just hate to see people get stuck at, because they made one decision when they were 18 without really knowing, because in any role in dentistry, you can't know what it's like without making that investment and, and actually sitting in that chair. 
Wow. That is so profound. And, you know, you probably heard me stumbling a little bit over that when I was doing that Insta Live with Laura King, Lauren King last, last week. I'm like, I know Laura said something really cool about that. And that is so true. Don't make a, a four-year decision, a lifelong mistake. That's just so profound. Uh, I, I'm really going to take that in and, and, you know, think about that because, gosh, we only have one life. It's not a dress rehearsal. They say that all the time, but it's a cliche, but it is true. And so like, I do know people that have been in dentistry and in their career path that they can't wait to retire. And it was just such a grind. And that's like, you know, I don't know, 40 years of your life, really? I mean, you know, let's pivot sooner than later and do something that gives us joy. And then, you know, of course, we're so always, you know, um, promoting strengths, like what are your talents and lean into those. So I am not going to tell people to stay in dentistry anymore. I'm just telling you, you, you've changed my life on this. I, oh I'm God. not kidding. Um, I, I have really, I've loved, I loved clinical hygiene um, and I love dentistry. And I was 17 when I decided to go to dental school or dental hygiene school. And I didn't really know what I was doing. So I guess I got lucky on that. Um, but I don't believe in staying, you know, and I'm a devout Catholic. I don't believe in staying in a, in a bad marriage. If you're not happy, I mean, that's dumb um, because you're not going to help anybody. And I don't believe in staying in a career that doesn't make you happy. So I have totally changed my entire outlook and you have pivoted me unknowingly. You weren't even coaching me, but here we are. Oh my um, gosh. So yeah, you are a natural coach and I'm so glad that you found your lane and, um, and another thing that's so cool, and you know, listeners, we're going to, have to find out from Laura when she gets back, but she's doing some leadership camp and so cool. And really, uh, you're actually pouring into your career as a coach, right? So it's not just, you know, um, well, as a learner <laughs> that you are, you want to learn more and more and more about how to be a better coach, but you get excited. You just light up when you talk about it versus the the burden of being in, in a chair and performing you know, your clinical skills on your patients. That's just like, wow. So, so cool that you can give people the freedom to be able to make those choices and actually have them realize it themselves. Mm. Well, thank you. That, that means a lot. And, you know, what you're saying is making me think of how we, we all pour into our dental careers, right? We invest so much time, so much energy, so much money in, in making our careers better and getting better at this and better at that how often do we as dental professionals invest in our own personal development, our own personal growth? And that's the stuff that's going to make, whether it's in or out of dentistry, that's what's going to make all the other things fall into place. Well, that is the truth. I mean, and you know, I've said this, you know, some of my podcasts are the same thing every time, but I didn't even know that personal development was a thing until I was in my forties. And of course, I'm so much older than you, but now it's, it is a thing and it is something for, to seek out. And then there's a fine line between just, you know, personal development and making myself happy to also um, fulfillment and using, you know, what we have um, for others. And I think that's, that is a key component of, of why people go to dental school to begin with or into dentistry, because they want to care for others. I think, oh, that's, that's a good career that I could care for others and do something, but there's a lot of ways to do that. And they not necessarily have to be, you know, in the chair, if you will, uh, yeah. 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. I mean, I, other I ways to do it. 
Mm -hmm. It's so important that no matter what we're doing, we're caring for others. And in fact, I remember when I worked with a career coach back in the day in my seventh year in practice, and she was like, oh, you know, in order to be happy in your career, you just have to be of service to others. And I remember thinking, I don't want to help any human being. Like I hate people right now. And I felt really ashamed that this is like what everybody says. You should want to be of service to others. And I was like, no, I can't. And, and what I've learned is that that is important. We want to be of service to others, but if you can do it on your terms, if you can do it while you're feeling fulfilled and you're getting that satisfaction, then it's totally different. If you're only being of service to others and you're totally sacrificing and neglecting yourself, it's like that oxygen mask you mentioned. And it's, are you really serving others? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, you bring, bring up something that I, I have a good friend that, that um, worked with the missionaries of the poor and she would go to Jamaica and work with these people. And I always felt guilty. I said, I should be doing that, but I really didn't want to. Right. And so I, I think that just speaks to like, those were her, that was her, um, that lit up her. Okay. And, and I don't think that, you know, God wants us to do things that don't light us up because that just, that doesn't really use our, our talents the way that we are meant to do that and to be at our full capacity. So it's so key to really find something that does light you up that you're, and then, and then now you realize you're good at it. And so nothing can stop you, Laura right now for your career, like you, you know, you know, you plug in a few things here and there just to, you know, like that fire and get it roaring. Right. I mean, sometimes we need that either through our colleagues or our friends or call it do um, something outside of our wheelhouse, like what you're doing uh, in Bali, which is, you know, just very cool. Um, but it's, it's, it's so important. And again, you know, if you're listening, you can pivot, right. There's, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt you. Um, but you'll look back on it and, and you'll think, well, that was courageous, but I did it. And because this whole uh, blog post that you made, this is what is so funny. And that was, that's kind of where your pivots, I think, kind of started because <laughs> 10 reasons your dentist probably hates you too. I mean, that's hysterical. And I remember when I saw that, the tagline, no wonder it went viral, but that, did that just, that changed your trajectory. And say it, tell us about that. Cause I think that's just, you know, everyone right now wants to get their videos to go viral or whatever, or their blog post to go viral. And you just did it unbeknownst to you. It was as Bob Ross says, a happy little accident. I had no idea it was going to happen. And I think the reason it was so significant was because at the time, again, this was 2011, just to give you a sense 11 years ago, at wow. the time, if you were unhappy in dentistry, no one was talking about it. You were living in the closet. And so for me, as I went through this process for years, I felt ashamed. I felt like something was wrong with me. It, like we said earlier, it tricked me into thinking I hated people, which isn't true. I now know that, right? It's a trick that was played on my brain. So all these realities, all these perceptions of reality that I created because of this experience. And then when I posted this blog, 
And suddenly I started hearing from people all over the world. People in Egypt were saying, oh yeah, they say that to us too. Except instead of saying that you bought my car, they're saying you bought my shirt. Mm. Like, wow, there are other dentists around the world who are feeling what I'm feeling. So people started asking me or saying things like, wow, that's amazing that you quit dentistry. How did you do it? I want to quit too. And suddenly I realized that I wasn't alone and that I, what, there wasn't something wrong with me. You know, the questions of like, well, everyone else likes this. Why can't I, they, they can all handle the stress. Why can't I? So it, it normalized my experience. And then I could start to build my confidence again, that, that it's not me. I'm okay. I'm just, I was just in the wrong career. And that was life-changing because I had this like mini cheering squad, because even after you leave dentistry, there's a, there's a grieving process you have to go through. So it was very helpful to have this. It was just cathartic to be able to document everything and have people to interact with. And people sometimes send me messages like, oh, thank you so much. That helped me. And I'm like, you don't realize how much you reading my blog and sending me an email helped me. Wow. Right. Wow. So it changed everything. And it really was then that, and I knew it when I worked with a career coach, but that was what solidified someday I'm going to go back and I'm going to help others do this because even now I think a lot of people feel like if they're unhappy in dentistry, they can't talk about it and it's understandable. Um, but if we can normalize these conversations a little bit more, like you're, like you're helping us do today, um, then think about how many people can own their truth and live the lives that they want to live. It's yeah. a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift, a gift that you're giving. And I'm just, I'm so happy to know you. And again, to, to open my mind up and if you're, you know, all the people that are listening and open, open their minds, because it doesn't always mean that you're going that when you're coaching somebody, Laura, that they're going to quit the profession. You're going to show them how they might end up realizing, oh, this is burnout. And I'm going to figure out a way to stay in it. Cause I do, I do like it. I do. So it's not like it's either one or the other. You, you just have to understand where you want to go and that you have a choice. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, I love that you point that out. Cause my, my mission is not to make people quit dentistry. In fact, I'd love to have more people stay in dentistry. If I could have stayed in it, my, my life would have been easier. <laughs> I would have wanted that. Um, but it is about if you're go, no matter whether you're going to stay in or find something else, you have to pour into yourself. You have to learn it, learn about like, how do you see the world and how are you the one creating your own stress? Yeah. And creating your own story, right? It's, yes, it's your story. story. I love that. You know, it's so great. Uh, to have this conversation. And we're going to wrap up because I want you to know one thing, you are still in dentistry. You are still making a big impact on our profession and in our industry. And you are a do a dental entrepreneur woman extraordinaire. And I love you. And I, I love that you're in the profession, helping others find their, their chi, if you will, find their love, find their fulfillment and have the life that we all deserve, which is going to make a better world. Because if we like what we're doing, we're going to do it we're going to do it better and we're going to do it. We're going to, um, you know, not only love ourselves, but love others. So anyway, this has been fun. I just love you. How do we find you? Okay. So I, you know, there are a lot of people that are listening that are burnt out right now. They probably hate people too. And, um, 
and they need some help. So how do they find you and learn yeah. how to, to, to love their life again and love others? Okay. Well, just before I say that, I want to say, I love you too. And just love what you're doing for the community. And you're such a giving person. And that is evident from like the, the second that, that we meet you. So um, I appreciate everything you're doing. Okay. Thank People you. can find me. I have a Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group called Dentist Side Gigs. It's not only for dentists. Um, all dental professionals are welcome in there. I can be found on Instagram as Dr. Lullabies. So that's D-R Lullabies. And my website is called lullabiescareercoaching.com. And if you really don't remember any of that, do a Google search for 10 reasons your dentist hates you and mine will be the first to pop up. And that's a great way to find me. And they can find you that way. Well, okay. So real quick, before we wrap up totally, where did Lollabies come from? Oh, oh, I was going to tell you that story one time, wasn't I? Yeah. And I never did. Okay. So it was, so when I was like, Okay. When email came out and okay. this was probably, you know, 2000, I mean, it had just been out for a couple of years. I was picking a new email and it was AOL at the time. And, um, I wanted to do be Laura B cause that's just sort of a nickname I had. Well, of course that was taken. And so I, I thought that using a play on bumblebees would be cute. And Lola was another nickname I had from years ago. So I, it evolved into Lola bees. And then when I was, everything's been an accident. And then when I chose to start blogging, I was like, I don't know what to call this. I'm just going to call it Lola bees. And then when I turned it into a coaching business, I was like, well, people kind of know me as Lola bees. So I'm going to keep it. And I don't really care what I'm named. I'm just going to call it Lola B's career coaching. Well, it turns out the bumblebee is a very communal animal and um, they work together. They thrive as a community. They all support the queen. They make honey, right? They bring so right. much into the world. And the best part about it is, well, they're very social animals, but the best part about it is Based on their physiology, the way their body is designed, they are not supposed to be able to fly. And they actually defy the odds and fly. And so I think that's what we're doing with Lola B's career coaching. We're coming together as a community and we're defying the odds. So many people think that they're stuck and can't make changes and improve their lives. And, and we're flying just like the bumblebee. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. You're, you're flying and you're not only flying, you're soaring. So you're soaring. You're soaring. Oh my gosh. Well, join this community. Check out Laura, please. And we'll have all that in the show notes. So Laura, thank you for this time today. I feel uplifted and inspired by this conversation and I look forward to our next one soon. So if you're listening out there, everyone, remember the most important thing for all of you to do is to keep doing you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Anne. Thank you for listening to the Just Do It podcast hosted by Anne Duffy. To learn more about dental entrepreneur women, to share your story, 
or to join the movement, please visit our website, do.life. That is D-E-W dot life. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, keep doing you.